It's goosebump time in Oxford, Mississippi. Podcast Rebellion. We're back at it again here in the Second Line Studio. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me on the other side, Mr. Ben Woodhouse. Ben, good evening. What's up? What's going on? Well, you know, we we had our SEC East preview last week. I am uh, excited to get this one previewed. Uh, I think the uh, the West is... Uh, I think we know who is going to win the West, but I think the rest of the division is going to be fun and uh, might eat itself. So this is going to be exciting. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, if you like knowing who's going to battle for second place, it should be a fun year. Um, the uh, I think the obvious um, uh, prediction is uh, what Alabama is going to do, and that is not finish second. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you can... Uh, if you haven't already guessed... Our dear friend Nicholas Carr is not with us this evening, but he has given us his picks. So as we run through the gamut of the SEC West, we will let you know how Nick feels about the division. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, this probably going to keep this one pretty short. Ben, I have Alabama going 10-0. and 0. Um, I really don't think that there is anyone who can give them much of a game outside of Georgia. I really don't think LSU can do anything against them with Miles Brennan at quarterback. I just don't really think Scott Linehan and a Dave Aranda-less defense can do much of anything to uh, to stop the tide. So maybe Auburn gives them a scare towards the end of the season, but I, I just think there's just too much talent across the board. Najee Harris is could be the best player in college football. Maybe he has a chance at winning the Heisman. And then you've got Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle back at receiver. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of hype and anticipation around Dylan Moses's return to the defense. He's battled injuries since he's been in Tuscaloosa, but he is back. Patrick Sertan, the second preseason All-American, probably the best corner not named Derek Stingley Jr. I just... I think they're going to be talented across the board. Mac Jones, quarterback, I, I don't think there's a competition there. Bryce Young is a superstar, uh, potentially in the making. But uh, Mac Jones is going to be the guy this year. And I think Nick Saban and the Tide just kind of roll on through and go uh, go unblemished. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much home field is going to count this year, given <laughs> you know the small uh or i guess the the attendance the percentage of attendance but i would t- i will say it can't hurt and alabama gets both georgia and auburn at home mm-hmm. i think those would be the the two teams closest to giving them fits and uh, um and they round it out with they also get a&m at home and mississippi state alabama has to go to lsu but i mean we We'll get to this later. We just, I'm just not real big on this them this year, given what all they lost. So, uh, especially now that we see how good Clyde Edwards-Helaire and and Joe Burrow have are, are already playing in the NFL, um, Alabama's going to go ten and zero. I don't think that there is a slip up on the schedule. 
I don't think, uh, frankly, that uh, they really even have many close games. Maybe one, maybe two, but like I said, they get both Georgia and Auburn at home. Should be a cakewalk to ten and zero. I mentioned Bryce Young. Uh, the five-star from modern day out in California. I do think he's going to play a lot this year, uh, given the freedom of this year does not count against anyone's eligibility. I uh, I think that Mac Jones and the offense are going to get up uh, <laughs> a couple scores on folks, and uh, I think that Nick Saban is uh, going to want to see what he's got in the, uh, in the young freshman. But, I mean, look, he, like I said, potential superstar uh, he is um everything you want in a uh, in a college football quarterback i don't know how much you've seen of him ben but if, if you have seen anything of him how how much uh how much how much bryce young do you think we will see in this weird 10 game abbreviated season you know it it's funny because i wonder how much we're gonna see of of everybody um due to this being a free year you know if i'm a how are, are the rules going to work as such you know you can play as a freshman 10 games and then still be a freshman next year it's the way that i have interpreted it yeah so this is like a a red shirt year that you could play in every game i, mm-hmm. I you know I, I think we'll see him play because of that uh not only that but they're not going to be in a lot of close games and he's going to get a lot of PT anyway. Um, but I think that we're going to see, we're going to see every, every school try and get their freshman playing time. That's a, that's another thing that, you know, goes unnoticed here. Given the fact, okay, let me pause there. Has the big 10 announced that they're going to play yet? Uh, let me take a quick look. I know that, there's like a rumor anyway yeah given the you know that i guess logistics of college football this year i wonder if everybody uses this as a developmental year and uh, this goes to my point just a second ago and guys like bryce young play uh, i just i think that not that he's not wouldn't be good enough anyway but um you know, being the number one dual threat quarterback in the country coming out of high school, you still you get a free shot of seeing him against somebody that's not wearing an Alabama uniform. And uh, I'd play him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that Steve Sarkeesian is going to want to see him. I mean, look, it's a it's a free shot to to see what you've got in the kid. And look, I mean, for recruiting purposes, see what he gives you. And if it's a surefire, can't miss, then you know that you can kind of be picky in this next class. You could be picky in 2022 because you know that you've got this dude for at least three more years. Um, if he struggles all season, if he's not what you, what you thought he'd be, then you ramp up recruiting a little bit in terms of uh, who you want at quarterback. So uh, if whether you're an Alabama fan or not, if you're just a fan of you know football and talented youngsters uh, Bryce Young number nine at Alabama uh, a lot of hype around him and I anticipate uh, the hype to be met and uh, possibly surpassed maybe not this year but uh, he, he's going to be a good one um, I did mention Nick has the tide going 10-0 and as well uh, moving on to the Razorbacks <laughs> he uh, probably won't spend a lot of time on, on the Hogs here uh, Nick and myself both have uh, 
Sam Pittman's first year in Fayetteville going quite poorly. We both have them going 0-10. Man. Um, I, I guess I probably just need to round that out and, and go <laughs> all three of us. You know, Arkansas. I mean, who did they did, beat? Bro, well, who, who could they, they beat? Well, they – Here's the thing. When you, I, honestly, their best chance at a win is either at Mississippi State or Ole Miss at home. I mean, maybe Tennessee at home, but hey, listen to the schedule. Arkansas is unfortunate because they they have to play Georgia at home. This first four weeks is awful. Yeah, Georgia at home, at Mississippi State, at Auburn, Ole Miss at home. They have to go to A and M. They're Winnable games are on the road. Like they have to go to Missouri, but they have to go to Mississippi State. And their losable games, Alabama and Georgia, where, you know, when you're just trying to get wins, you'd rather go to Alabama and Georgia and go on and get those losses out of the way and instead play Missouri at home and play Mississippi State at home. Uh-huh. They've got it backwards here. The schedule does not play well for them. <laughs> you know, they. They get Missouri the second to last week of the season, but that's coming off of going to A&M, Tennessee at home, going to Florida, LSU at home. They just have no – there is no break. They catch no breaks all season long. You know, by the time they get to Ole Miss, they're likely to be 0-3. If they lose that game, they're going to be going to A&M 0-4, and then they they would get Tennessee at home 0-5 before just the going. It's just not – it's not going to be good for Arkansas. If if somebody put the over under at one and a half, I would hammer the under. I mean, hammer. Oh, absolutely. I I just don't look. Everybody, you know, makes the jokes about how we don't like Arkansas, and yes, we we, we don't care for Arkansas baseball and their fans and and how they think that bomb is, uh, you know, Yankee Stadium. But uh, look, they're there's no way to to let you down lightly here we 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 can't we can't deliver the news any any easier than we're doing right now it's it's there's they're staring zero and ten in the face you're starting you're starting at least zero and two if not one and zero and three or if not one and two if you can get lucky on the road and beat state which you're on the road i know it's not a road environment but you're still on the road playing a team that's probably uh, a couple games better than you then you go back home play an old miss team uh that's got a lot of talent on offense and uh who knows what they're going to look like four games into the season have they found themselves offensively defensively whatever you get a bye but then you just jump right back in to the fire you go at a&m tennessee at home at florida lsu at home at missouri and then alabama at the end of the season so there is zero chill on this slate so it's it's brutal man all right um next the auburn tigers um look i this is gonna be a week so it's already a weird year I don't really know what I think about Bo Nix yet because now he's got a brand new offensive coordinator. Um, he was okay in spots last year. He showed some flashes. He was a true freshman. There were some ups. There were some downs. That's expected. Now he's got Chad Morris there. 
whether or not Chad Morris is going to be the actual play caller remains to be seen. We know what Auburn's going to have defensively. Uh, they're just going to be good. Kevin Steele is going to reload. They're going to be fine. Uh, you've got, I mean, Big Cat's still there. You've got KJ Britt still there. They're, they're going to have talent in the front seven. They're going to be fine. That there, there's you can I think you would echo this Ben. There, there's never a worry that the front seven on the planes are going to be competitive. They're always so athletic and so big. Right. So I have I think they're going to be okay there. It's just new coordinator Bo Nix is Gus going to let Chad Morris actually do things? Um, Seth Williams returns, averaged well over a first down per catch a season ago. I think they're all. I think Auburn's going to be pretty good. Now, will their fans? So I have them at eight and two. But will, yeah, their, I think will their fans be okay with that? Because you're losing to Georgia and Alabama, and those are the two games that they hate losing. Uh, they should. I mean, Georgia and yeah. Alabama are right now are better programs than Auburn. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I I think that auburn goes eight and two if they start out three and one and i think uh or four and one excuse me and i think they go seven and three if they start out three and two Mm -hmm. um the only reason i say start out three and two is auburn has to go back to back trips they take a trip to south carolina and then they trip to old miss that's a lot of traveling back to back weeks um You still got to do the travel, even though it's not a road environment. You still got to travel. That's right. That's right. And so I think, and that's Ole Miss game is sandwiched in between. And I'm not picking an Ole Miss win over Auburn. Don't, don't you know, get that twisted. But the sandwich in between a road game at South Carolina and a home game to LSU. I, I just there are a couple of trip ups on the schedule. The schedule is pretty straightforward. Other than that, they're not going to win at Alabama and they're not going to win at Georgia. No. So they're. At best, eight and two, and really, if somebody else slips up and beats them, they go seven three. I don't think they let two teams do that, but um, you know, I've been wrong before. I, I think seven and three to eight and two is seven and a half is a scary over under, and if that's wow. what it is, I wouldn't touch I'm not, it. What? Nope. Yeah, Nick has them going at least six and two with two toss ups. So yeah, that's probably fair. Um, he's got he's his got toss-ups? his toss ups are LSU and A and M. Yeah, see, I don't see the A and M at home, but you know that is coming off a road game in Alabama, so maybe, maybe there's some like let down there. I don't know. A little body blow effect. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I think A and M is vulnerable. We'll get to that on the, yeah. on, on the other side. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't hate this Auburn team. I no, I don't either. I, I think they're. We always say defense travels. Run game is another thing that travels. And uh, Gus and Auburn have always been able to run the football. I think that Chad Morris is going to lean into that, regardless of whether or not you know he's the actual "quote unquote" play caller. I think that he's definitely going to know the importance that Gus puts on the run game, and I think that that's going to be something that they uh, emphasize early on to take some pressure off Bo Nix. To um, I, I, do you think Auburn is going to try to? Sl- try to shorten games this year you know that would go against what gus has done in the past i know so i that's my question is is do you think he does it because i don't think that's a bad idea no i don't either i don't either it 
Yeah, I think it might depend on who they're playing. Yeah, I think they might try to shorten the game against Georgia, but I think that, you know, at Mississippi State or Mississippi State at home, whatever, they're going to, you know, run as many places as they can. Uh, You know, something about Auburn to consider is they always have guys on the all-name team, Big Cat Bryant and Smoke Monday are on the same defense. Oh, I mean. A DB named Smoke Monday. That's like you cannot – make that up that's awesome it's amazing all right that's going to do it for the first half of our sec west preview episode we're going to take a brief moment to let you hear from our sponsors and then on the other side we are going to talk some lsu some mississippi state and some texas a&m so hang tight we'll be right back It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. 
You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Hewling Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Hewling Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Hewling Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion, the SEC West preview episode. All right, we've talked Alabama, we've talked Auburn, and we have talked Arkansas. Let's go ahead and jump in and talk some LSU. The reigning national champions at Ordron might be in some trouble, might be in some hot water. A couple weeks ago, rumblings of losing the locker room amidst uh, you know social injustice, peaceful protest marches that he didn't know about, uh, the team kind of operating on their own terms without really discussing anything with him. I'm not saying that things are going to completely unravel and fall apart, and this isn't any kind of political thing from me bringing that up. That's just what's been going on. But I do think with LSU losing the Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow, they lost their offensive... Look, he was the offensive coordinator, okay? Like, he he, he called the plays. Uh, Joe Brady is gone to the NFL... Um, the offensive line has four new starters. Clyde Edwards Elair is gone. Justin Jefferson is gone. Uh, oh, and by the way, Dave Aranda is gone. So I don't know about you. I think LSU is going to struggle. I think that Miles Brennan's going to be absolutely mediocre um, to average. There is absolutely no way that he is Joe Burrow. If he is Joe Burrow, um, I, I don't know. Ben, I'll come to Oxford and he's not. I'll, I'll eat a shoe, whatever. Um, yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, they've Jamar Chase has opted out. He's not playing. Um, I mean, they uh, Shelvin, the defensive tackle, he's opted out. He's not playing. They did add a very, very, very talented linebacker. North Dakota State transfer Jabril Cox is going to be there. He's going to be an absolute stud, but. I don't know if he if he and Derek Stingley can, can do it all. I know they have other talent on that defense, but those are the two names that pop on paper. Bo Pelini is back in Baton Rouge after uh, going to Nebraska as head coach and going to Youngstown State. He is replacing Dave Aranda. I just I just don't see it. I and I, I I'm not saying they're going to be terrible, but maybe this is terrible. I don't know. I'm going to go. Well. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hot take here, Ben. I got LSU going six and four. I got okay. Them. Well, good. 
I was going to say, I got them losing three games on the road. I got them losing at Florida, at Auburn, at A&M, and then, of course, I have them losing to Alabama. Yeah, so it, LSU schedule is not that bad, right? They they really host State, they go to Vandy, they host Missouri, so they're going to start 3-0. and But then they got to go to Florida, and they're going to lose that game, go to 3-1. and Then they go to South Carolina. Let's, let's just say they win it, 4-1. and Then they go to Auburn. I'm sorry, they host South Carolina. They'll win that one. So four and one, they'll go to Auburn and lose that one to go to four and two. They then they host Alabama. They're gonna lose that one and go to four and three. Then they're gonna um Does he lose the locker room at that point? That's a question. You know They haven't even started the season, Ben, and he's already got players dipping out, not telling him anything. Here's I'm just saying. Here's the thing about the LSU locker room is it always gets lost after they lose to Alabama. So you always want to play them after the Alabama game. Now this year is a little different. I don't think that they're, I think they're going to have two losses going into Alabama. I probably agree with you. I think they could go seven and three. I think six and a half is the right over under win total. Um, but um, they could go six and four, seven and three. I don't see eight and two here. I mean, they're going to have to get really hot to do that. And uh, like you said, Joe Burrow's not in the locker room anymore. I mean, he's the greatest. He had the statistically the greatest passing season of any quarterback ever, and he did that in the SEC. I mean, that's the guy threw for 5,000 yards. I mean, that's not in the locker room anymore. You don't – you cannot replicate that. If they do replicate that, then they've been struck by lightning twice. So – I. Six and four is a fair prediction given the uh, SEC slate. And and think of it like this: if they won six games and six SEC games in a r- normal year and went four and zero in the non-conference, they'd be ten and two. So it, you know, that is a good season. And, and we're going to have to remind people of that, you know, as we go throughout the years. You know, when we pick Auburn to go eight and two, well, if they had the right eight games which, you know, they have to play Alabama every year, so that would be a loss. You're looking at 10 or 11 win season in a normal schedule. And so, but, but because we're playing an all-SEC season, I wonder how fans are going to respond when, you know, Ole Miss goes 4-6 and six or 3-7 and seven, when it's like, well, guys, if, you know, they, they would have gone 7-5 and five in Lane Kiffin's first year in a normal, under a normal schedule because typically you're going to win all your non-conference games, even if you go 3-1. You'd still be good enough to go bowling. Uh, sorry for the little tangent there, but just trying to keep things in perspective. I, I think six and four is a very fair prediction for LSU. I I just this isn't like a Ole Miss you know rivalry. I'm picking on LSU. I just no. They, I actually they, like that. Kind of, I yeah. mean, uh, well, I pulled in the hierarchy of SEC West teams, and I'm not a ooh SEC SEC guy. I pull for LSU. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike. I mean, I have no disdain towards the program. Maybe a little bit towards that Orgeron, but he's not LSU football to me. No, and for me, it's just they they lost damn near everything off that team, and it was the absolute perfect storm. Joe Burrow essentially had a season that would make Cam Newton, J- Johnny Manziel, and and Chad Kelly blush. I mean, he 
just absolutely set the world on fire. But he's gone. And, I mean, Miles Brennan has done nothing. He has just been mop-up duty, handoff left, handoff right, take a knee. Like, he, he's not ready. And if he is, by God, I will eat my words and, and, and I will tip my cap. But I just think that in order to be elite, to I'll say this, to be very good to elite, you have to have very good to elite quarterback play. I don't think they get that from Miles Brennan. Therefore, six and four is where I got them. So, um, looking at Nick has, um, well, we already said what Nick has. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead. And, you got anything else on LSU? No, I, I don't. Okay. It is interesting though that they're going to go start out three and zero and finish the season three and four. Ooh. Now that's. That is a little different. You know, I talk about how six and four is not that bad. It's really not. I mean, in a year like this. Oh, Ole Miss would take that in a heartbeat. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'm will i looking at Nick's picks right here, so I'll go ahead and jump in here and, and let you know what he's got for the Bulldogs of Mississippi State in year one of Mike Leach. He has Mississippi State going – Two and five with three toss-ups. So he has them losing two on the road at LSU, at home against A&M, on the road against Bama, at home against Auburn, on the road against Georgia. He's got them beating Arkansas and beating Vandy. Now his toss-ups are at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, and at home against Missouri. I don't hate that pick. I think that's, no, I don't, I don't I think either. that's fair. I think they beat Missouri at home, but especially with a leech offense. Um, so I would probably go three plus, and plus four as we, was, with three talk. Yeah. I, like we talked about last week, I mean, Eli Drinkwitz is in year one. You don't really know what Missouri's going to have. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd flip a coin, and I'd probably lean state at home against Missouri. I don't know about you. I have them going two and eight. Um <laughs> Nick was generous with the toss-ups. I think that as we, we – we've discussed this in length, Ben, and we can go on a little mini tangent here. I don't hate Mike Leach as a coach in terms of fit at Mississippi State. I, I Now, it remains to be seen if it's going to work. But I think you'll agree with me as a former quarterback and as someone who loves offense, I think that it's foolish to think that he's going to be able to do big things in year one with a team that is not built for the air raid. Well, plus they haven't had to, they didn't get to go through spring training. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot there to unpack for Mike Leach and, and his, his offense is, is not simple. Um, most of his – he relies a lot on his quarterbacks, or at least he did at Texas Tech. I haven't I, – I admittedly did not keep up with it as much as Washington State, even though he had a great run there with Gardner Minshew. But um, it they rely heavily on the quarterback. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. They, he's got to get receivers in there. Um, he's got to get – of course, you know, he got the transfer quarterback. Um, and plus, you know, the – we saw this with Phil Longo, man. Even if he did, let's just say he did have a great offense this year. You know, if he goes fast and scores a lot, he's just putting his defense right back out there. And how good are they going to be? Right. And at some point, I, I'm not. I, I I am of the camp 
that you should not hold the ball and not score. I think you should score every play if you could. At the same time, you do need to be able to sustain drives when you play teams that give you body blows, and that is what happens in the SEC. I I do think with Leach, though, especially in year one, the state could slip up and beat somebody. Like I think they could beat win at LSU. Like I think they could. I, I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying that that there's a possibility there. Right. That would not have happened under Moorhead. Like that possibility wow. would not exist. But they're going to have excitement under Leach. I think three and seven, four and six is more likely. I mean, two and eight is is fair just because they have to go to Kentucky. That's a toss up. They have to go to Ole Miss. They get both those games at home. Might be a little different story. They have to play Georgia. That's lost. They have to go to Alabama. That's lost. So you know they they don't get any really any favors from their schedule. Um, you know I, I think they beat Missouri at home. I think they beat Vanderbilt at home. I think they beat Arkansas at home to go three and seven, and then they probably slip up and beat somebody else and go four and six. If they go five and five, they're they're punching above their weight class. And like we said before, you know in, a, in a, any other year. Um, that many SEC wins in a season would not be bad. Uh, you know, a, a four and six right. slate is not terrible. No. Looking at his uh, previous two stops as a head coach at Texas Tech, his first two seasons, he won seven games. And then in year three, he uh, won nine. I, I think we, uh, we need to also mention the year before his arrival in Lubbock. Spike Dykes was the head coach, and he had them winning six games also. Um, at Wazoo, though, not, I mean, he went three and nine in year one, six and seven in year two, and then back to three and nine in year three. So, and that's in the Big 12 and in the Pac 12. So, Two conferences that, yeah, they play defense, but it's not to the caliber of, you know, a... They don't have the defensive ends that exist in the SEC, the outside linebackers. Right. That not normally. I mean, Alabama's got four or five guys. And and this goes towards Ole Miss, too, but you will face, when you play Alabama or Georgia, you will face athletes on defense that that would be playing wide receiver at Baylor. I mean... Mm -hmm. Instead, they they put on thirty pounds and they're playing yeah. defensive and are going to go in the first round. Yeah, um, you mentioned the uh, the transfer quarterback, uh, former Stanford Cardinal KJ Costello, decent quarterback at Stanford, a former highly rated recruit. Um, he was okay at Stanford. He bowed some injuries, but he's definitely got the arm talent. And uh, he can sling it around. One thing I think that's just the ultimate wild card here that kind of throws a wrench into things when you're trying to predict what State's going to do, Kylan Hill is is a hell of a running back. And so they have that to lean on to where if they can have some kind of consistent push up front, Kylan Hill is going to be able to tote the rock at least. You you know that. Um, But another thing – Ben, to throw in here, they have a new defensive coordinator. Obviously, with Mike Leach coming in, Joe Moorhead no longer there. They have a completely new staff. They're implementing a 3-3-5 defense now, completely changing things defensively. Uh, Errol Thompson's back. I think he's a really good uh, linebacker. I mean, I think he's a fringe second or third team all-SEC guy. 
Um, he's back playing linebacker, I, but man, it's just the combination of an all SEC schedule and then new offense, new defense being implemented. It's just, it's going to be tough. It is. It is. And there is nothing. Uh, and I think, I hope fans have this perspective to just enjoy having football back. And I, I'm at, I'm speaking it almost as an advocate for Mississippi State. I think Mike Leach is a good fit there. And I think that in a year or in two years, they will be much improved. But this first year, you know, it, it may not go well for them. I mean, there's a, there's a chance that, like you said, in Pullman, he went three and nine, then five and seven or six and seven and three and nine again before he rattled off 10 and 11 win seasons. So I don't know that he will have that level of success at Mississippi State because, you know, their conference is this division's a little bit different. But nevertheless, I think that um, fans should just keep perspective. I mean, just remember you're playing 10 SEC programs. That is just unheard of. Yeah. You, you, Think about this, Zach. In our in our life, Eli Manning went seven and one in the conference. And speaking for Ole Miss, and then Chad Kelly's team goes six and two, and then other than that, we've gone five and three in our best seasons. So, you know, if we were to go six and four, seven and three, even in you know this extended SEC year, it would be some of the most wins we've had in conference play ever in a season. So, um, just got to keep that, keep that in check. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough year for Mississippi state, but like you said, we just need to all step back and realize that we're lucky to have college football in 2020. And yeah, just, just gotta, just gotta take a deep breath. All right. Last game, uh, game, last team to preview for the sec West because we're going to kind of do a, our own little mini preview of Ole Miss next week for uh, for game week. The Texas A&M Aggies. I have them going a just complete wet fart of a 6-4. and four. Um, Nicholas has them at 5-1 and one with four toss-ups. Uh, his toss-ups are Florida at Tennessee, LSU, and at Auburn. Um I've made it pretty known how I feel about the Aggies. I think that to just keep it real, I, I think I think Jimbo Fisher knows that he's got a fat contract and he's just going through the motions there. Um, this is his last year with Kellen Mond, who uh, was a former five-star and just, in my opinion, has just been, I wouldn't say a complete flop, but he's disappointed. He, he, hasn't, been at, he hasn't been a five-star. Um, he never plays well against elite defenses. Um, he always flounders in those games. I think now the offensive line, four starters are back. I think they're going to really lean on Kellen Mond as a veteran. And they're going to, uh, try to implement the running game with Isaiah Spiller. And then they've got some talented Receivers, Jamon Osmond, and then uh, tight end Jalen Watermeyer. Uh, two guys that can really go and get it. I just, uh, I don't know. It's They have eight guys returning on defense. Um, they were ninth in the SEC, allowing 22.5 points a game last fall. So is that really good? 
Uh, I just I don't know. They, I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna start one and two, and then two and two if you beat State on the road. After that, you beat Arkansas, you beat South Carolina. I actually have them winning at Tennessee. That's probably a toss-up game. Um, I think I think Ole Miss gives them a gives them a hell of a game. Maybe they beat LSU because it's at home, and then you close with Auburn on the road. I just I don't know, man. It's just it's just underwhelming. I I don't see anything special with the Aggies. I, I just I haven't in the last couple seasons, and I don't think Jimbo's gonna you know pull anything out of his ass this season. So yeah, I mean. I think they're gonna they're gonna beat Vanderbilt and Arkansas and probably Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So you got four wins right there. They also get South Carolina and Tennessee, but they have to go to both of those. Even if they split them, mm-hmm. you know you're looking at five and one. They're gonna lose at Auburn and at Alabama to go five and three. They'll probably beat LSU at home to go six and three. And then who was their seventh game? Florida at home. They'll lose that one. Yeah. So. You know, at worst case scenario, that's giving them a, a split in the South Carolina Tennessee. They're going to go six and four. I, I think somewhere between six and four and seven and three. And I think most most to do with their schedule. I mean, I I don't know how actually good they're going to be, but I just they get both Vanderbilt and Arkansas. That I mean, few teams get that this year. They're one of those. So um, good yeah. for them. So I, I'm with you. Jimbo, he's got tons of money, and but until LSU, I mean, until A and M wins, you know, and acts like they've got four hundred billion dollars, <laughs> I I'm just not gonna believe in them, and I don't think anybody yeah. should. I, I'm with you. I they they should be recruiting like gangbusters, and they should be winning like gangbusters, and they just don't. And I'm telling you, Jimbo got that seventy five million guaranteed, and he's just been kicking back. I just. I don't know. It's hard to blame him. I mean, anybody would. That's true. Anybody would. It's human nature. Um, so per my predictions, you've got Alabama winning the division, Auburn finishing second, and then you've got um, I have A and M finishing third because they beat LSU head to head. They I have them both finishing six and four. So. I like I said, it's going to be fun because the conference is just going to be crazy and it's just going to eat itself because you've got Auburn, who's probably a clear cut number two, but there's some question marks. And then you've got LSU and A&M. They have a ton of question marks and then States just all green. They're all brand new. So yeah. And Ole Miss is still young. I mean, people forget Rouse going to be a sophomore for the next two years. And and so is John Rice Plumley, and so is Jerry Neely. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, well, Ole Miss Young with a new coach. It's and we haven't previewed Ole Miss yet, so I won't get into that. But just saying, like it's a it's the Wild West this year. It's gonna be fun. There are two guarantees: Alabama's gonna win it, and Arkansas is gonna finish last. Mm. Yeah, it's. I would say the only two guarantees in twenty twenty. But that Bandy and Arkansas are going to be sh- just absolute shit. Yeah, yeah, trash. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, it's just it, it's going to be anybody's guess, and it's going to be fun. And 
I, I know I will have multiple televisions going every weekend to be watching as much as I can because I think I speak for everybody that we are all very, very thankful that we have college football this season. Because Just get ready, Ole Miss fans, because um, y'all know our game will be closest with Arkansas. We'll have the closest game with them this year. <laughs> Zach will be texting copious amounts of expletives during the game to fire everybody and bench everybody. Well, I won't say fire everybody. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I always, I always, we like, we I like always cut. We, we'll get, we get people three years. Oh, damn right. Hang this is your hero, though. Am I right? Does it count for Langdon? Hey, if yeah. you really think about it, if it doesn't count for anybody else, how does it count for the coach? Please pay for a banner to be hung up at a bar <laughs> in town. This is year zero for the lane train. Um, <sighs> Yeah, you know, it's not college football, Ben, if, if I'm not cursing. so uh, That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of it not being college football, it's not college football without the Legal Gambling Council. Uh, we will be back with you. By the time you're listening to this, it will be Wednesday. We will be recording Wednesday evening to give you picks for week three. Ben, we, had, right. our, we, we had ourselves a day last week. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm one and three on the year, but the squad was seven and one last week. So I was going to say, know, I'm improving week to week. Start zero and two, one. Now, now I went one and one. Maybe, maybe we get to two and zero oh and stay there. Uh, who knows? Maybe I pick two games and win six. Now who you, knows? now you are the defending champ of the LGC. So I am. A I am a reigning, slow. A slow start's okay for you. I am the reigning uh, belt winner, title holder. So. Uh, but it's it's been fun, you know. You don't realize how much you miss it until you start picking games oh. again. It's you don't, you don't realize how much you miss it until you're watching Game Tracker and Twitter because you don't exactly have, because you don't have Longhorn Network. But when you're you're <laughs> you're just sitting there watching for the over in the Texas UTEP game in week two. I mean that's 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 living right there, baby. Um, Ben was the uh, the only loss last week, but like he said, and you know it was the one I was the most sure of. Uh, I think I even <laughs> said to put the house, mortgage, car, and farm on Clemson covering, and they didn't. Yeah, believe it or not, they didn't. They gave up more points, over twice as many points to Wake Forest last year than they did in the previous two seasons combined. Uh well, but, you know it's. Who, it is what it is. I was playing the odds. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, seven and one. We're eleven and five on the year as a unit. Uh, we're, we're we're doing we're doing really well. Um, we are. Now I'm not going to knock on wood because both dogs are in here and the kids asleep, and I don't want to disturb anyone. But I, uh, you know, I am visually knocking on wood over here. Uh, that we don't jinx ourselves this week, but I still there are some games that I feel really good about. Um, so we will have the legal gambling council to you this week as well. And then next week we will have a Florida preview with an Ole Miss preview. Next week is game week, Benjamin. It is, uh, it. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, any other final thoughts on the sec West before we go? I think it's, I think there are going to be some really, really good games between like, Auburn and LSU, 
and A&M and Auburn and uh, that that tier is going to have great games. I don't know that anybody's going to come close to challenging Alabama this year in the West. No. Um, I also think that Ole Miss is going to beat somebody that uh, they're not supposed to. Maybe that's Florida week one. Um, maybe that's Auburn. I think Ole Miss hosts Auburn this year. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it should be a fun year. I mean, it really, I am just excited that we, we've said this ad nauseum. I am so excited to have college football back. It is one of my main hobbies. You know, some people like going to the lake. I like college football. Absolutely. As long as, as everybody stays safe and early returns, teams are staying safe for the most part. Um, that's the most important thing. And, you know, if we can tack on a full slate of games on the weekend to boot, then, uh, man, that's like you said, some people like going to the lake. Some people like uh, going hunting, going to the beach. I'm a college football guy, so this is uh, this is music to the proverbial ears, Ben. Yep. Um, all right, Nicholas Carr was unable to join us. We uh, we bid him adieu as well. He will be back for the Legal Gambling Council episode. We will have our locks. I think we might go ahead and throw three. Keep that SEC on CBS theme music. Yeah. we i think we're gonna do three locks a piece this week yeah we should so we're gonna give you 12 locks this week and you know uh, when the sec starts we should do two sec locks and two non-sec locks or you know two or three you know what i'm saying i don't hate it because everybody's gonna be wanting to watch sec games oh yeah um so we'll give you that uh so be on the lookout for the episode to uh if you if you're wanting to tail us uh or if you're wanting to fade us either way listen uh join us as we uh as we talk college football week three so for ben over there for nick off uh somewhere i don't know where he's at but uh he's with us in spirit i'm zach this has been podcast rebellion thank you all for listening we out